It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Chris, that is rough news for the Boston Celtics. No Jalen Brown probably leaves them as a big-time long shot in the playoffs. Yeah, they were already starting to unravel. Um, tough loss to Miami on Sunday. They've got another one against Miami in what is basically a do-or-die game for the number six seed, for them anyway. Um, and now the absence of Jalen Brown, I mean, it, it was already looking like a snake-bitten season for Boston. Uh, this pretty much puts the final nail in the coffin. They'll probably be in the play-in tournament, and I mean, the way in their plan right now, it, it wouldn't be shocking if they wound up missing the playoffs altogether. Man, the thing about it is, and I haven't paid close attention to Jalen Brown over the past little while, but it seems like earlier in this season he was really rising up, Chris. He was. Um, and Jalen is the type of player that has improved every single year. Um, there was that uh, blip in his second season where – you know, it was the Kyrie stuff and everything was going on. Second or third season, I forget which one it was. But it uh, it was a tough one for him. But other than that, like, everything in his game has improved, especially offensively. I don't know what his final three-point numbers are, but they were hovering near 40% for a while. Uh, he's a two-way player. I mean, he was an all-star this year for the first time. So um, he has been on the rise uh, on for this Celtics team. And, uh, you know, hopefully it, it's, uh, it sounds like it's an injury that should make him – fine for next season but uh you know that that really does effectively end boston's chances of being any kind of spoiler in the playoffs can i throw a wrench into this interview for one second because i'd love to ask chris questions where we can turn them loose on something and this is this has nothing to do with basketball it has nothing to do with boxing but i really wanted to hear from you chris what you thought of this bob baffert thing in the kentucky derby you know, I was reading my colleague Pat Forty's column on this, and two things jumped out from, from that. Uh, one is that it's not the first time that a Bob Baffert horse has had some kind of you know, loose connection to a drug issue. They've always been kind of explained away. And, you know, when I hear news like this, I look for a credible response. You know, and for example, like when Canelo Alvarez tested positive for a banned substance in 2018 – he immediately insisted it was from tainted meat. And you do some research, and that's a very valid excuse. I mean, there was uh, an issue with clenbuterol, uh, the banned substance going on in Mexico when he was training, and, you know, he was in meat, and he eats meat. So it's, it's, you can see that happening. The trace amounts of it suggest that was possible. Baffert, to this point, is he's still claiming conspiracy theory, like that, you know, there's some kind of conspiracy against him, and they're going to do an investigation. Like, stuff like that doesn't really fly with me. Like, I... Conspiracy theories, to me, really, for the most part, only exist in movies. And when when people like Bob Baffert suggest that, you know, there's, I don't know what he's suggesting. Is somebody like, you know, going up to his horse in the middle of the night and injecting it with a banned substance to a test positive? I mean, there's just, there's not really a credible explanation here. So that, to me, was was the biggest takeaway that, you know, if you're looking for reasons not to, not to uh, be skeptical of Bob Baffert, he doesn't really give you them. And and I'm waiting for for that explanation to ultimately come. Uh, Jake, give give Chris the latest one. Oh, what the, the, the oh no no I've got it right here. Uh, apparently, Chris uh, 
Uh, Baffert says one test issue was created by a groom urinating in the stall after the groom had been taking cough medicine and the horse ate some of the hay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I don't know enough about horses and drug testing to completely rule that out, but that sounds insane to me. I've, I've never heard of, of something like that. I mean, look, if you're Bob Baffert, you've got to be worried about what this does to you. I mean, if it's found out that, you know, you were doing something with this horse, then everything else comes into play. You almost become like the Lance Armstrong of horse racing, like where you, you know, everything you've done touched up at this point, which was once considered gold, now becomes, gets thrown into question. So, I mean, I, I guess it's throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. That to me, though, it, it doesn't really uh, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. No, no, it does <laughs> not. Um, let's talk a little jazz with you, Chris. Um, they've won five in a row. They're two up on Phoenix, um, and without two of their key guys, obviously, with Donovan Mitchell and Michael Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich gets a Western Conference Player of the Week as he's been lights out. But um, I guess, what does it say about uh, the Jazz that they can continue this pace without such impactful players? Well, I mean, it speaks to, and I don't want to say their depth because I think their depth still isn't isn't great, but it speaks to, I think, the the top part of the roster, specifically Bogdanovich, who's able to step in and provide offense. I mean, I think defensively you knew they were going to keep it together. It's a very good team, defensive team, uh, so that's not surprising. But, you know, seeing Bogdanovich step up the way he has over the last uh, a few weeks, it's it's really going to bode well uh, for this team's uh, future in the playoffs. I mean, Mitchell's eventually going to come back. They'll be uh, they've got enough chemistry from the last couple of years not to be worried about that part of it. Um, I, I think it, it's a good sign for where this team is trying to go. And look, if you see the way the Lakers are playing right now, um, you know, in, in the Western Conference, I mean, they're no longer kind of a threat to be. I mean, in the play, I think they're eventually going to wind up as that number six seed as they, they close out the season. Uh, and that would be great news for a top-seeded Jazz team because you wouldn't face the Lakers until you got to the, the conference finals. So, you know, things are kind of falling. As long as, you know, Donovan is at full strength come playoff time, you know, things are kind of falling into place for Utah. I guess LeBron will be back, uh, although that's been sort of a, a sticky uh, injury for him. And uh, But I wanted to ask you about Donovan Mitchell because – how hard is it for these these great athletes to come back from injury and go straight into the playoffs, which might be the case with Donovan. We don't know whether he's going to play a game or two before the playoffs begin. What do you what do you think? Well, it's really hard. And and look, I, I don't know firsthand, you know, what his timetable is, but you know, if it means he might have to miss a playoff game to get all the way back, you make sure that he's all the way back. I mean, we just saw with LeBron who had another a nasty ankle sprain of his own, he probably came back too soon, and it wound up costing him a week. And that's the last thing you need if you're the Jazz. Um, you've got to be very patient uh, with Donovan Mitchell. And look, this is the benefit of being the number one seed, where you know presumably you're going to get an opportunity to play somebody that, that you should be able to handle without Donovan Mitchell for a game or, or maybe two. And, and that's uh, what you work for all season long, whether it's, I mean, I don't know, Warriors, Grizzlies, Spurs, Hopefully not the Lakers, you know. So, uh, you know, that should give you a chance to 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 you know work your, work his way him back kind of organically. But that to me is the key. You know, you want to get him back, you want to get him in rhythm. But more than anything, you don't want him out there worried about that ankle. You know, where he's not driving as hard or cutting as hard or playing defense as hard. You need him at a hundred percent 
And no matter how long that takes, you've got to wait it out. What do you make of the Clippers, uh, Chris? Six and four in their last ten, but I still think they're the team to beat in the West. I know that's not everybody's opinion, but what do you make of uh, the Clippers and their chances right now? No, they're not the team to beat in the West. They're just not until until they get to a conference final, then we can have a discussion about them being the team to beat in the West. Like they're, we talk about this all the time. Like I, I'm, what they're doing in, in the regular season is awesome. Like how they beat the Lakers was great, but it's the regular season. That's what the Clippers do, and I know you can't. You know, fault this team specifically for the historical flaws of its past, but last season they got punched in the mouth and they lost a series. Like they lost to Denver, and and that's that's something you have to to, to be wary of. And the Clippers, hell, they could wind up with the Lakers in the first round. You know, the Clippers, Lakers with LeBron at full strength. We think they get out of the first round. You know, with, with that team, I mean, I still favor the Lakers in that series. I just I still have too many questions about the mental toughness uh, of the Clippers. They are. Enormously talented team. Two All NBA forwards in, uh, in in Kawhi and Paul George. A healthy when Serge Ibaka is healthy, he's a factor for that team. I like you know Zubac in the front court. I think Rondo has done a good job solidifying the back court. Uh, but I mean, let's see them do it in the playoffs. They haven't done it up until this point, and, and there could potentially be a nightmare first round matchup waiting for them in the Los Angeles Lakers. Chris, next time you're in town, lunch is on me after the look on uh, Jake's face when he just <laughs> countered that. It is definitely on me. You picked the place. I said pay. it wasn't popular. It wasn't a popular <laughs> opinion. I knew I loved it. Uh, I, I loved it. Coming. All right. So, Chris, uh, tonight the Jazz uh, go up against the Warriors. Uh, Steph Curry, describe what you're saying. Uh, I mean, he's just having a monster offense. Surprised. I mean, Steph was kind of out of sight, out of mind last year with the injury. Uh, but what he's shown to me this year is that the final, whatever you want to call it, stage, chapters of his career are going to be productive ones. One of the questions I had about Steph Curry as he got into his early and the next year or two, mid-30s, would be how effective would he be? I mean, would he be able to stay healthy? Would his, his body hold up? I mean, would he still be the same type of shooter? Uh if this season is any indication where Steph is an MVP candidate, uh, the next few years are going to be very good for Steph, which is great news uh, for Golden State. Now they have a litany of injuries around him um, all season with Clay Thompson, more recently with James Wiseman, up and down that roster. They've had guys banged up. So it, in a lot of ways, it's the Steph Curry show every single night. But uh, he's shown uh, you know, that, that at this stage of his career, uh, he can still be a high, high-level player. And it's not – important i guess for the the warriors this year it's more important next year when you've got clay thompson back at some point you got james wiseman in year two uh depending on how the draft shakes out they might have a couple of mid to high first round picks uh there's the, the the window is not closed on this golden state team to win a championship and look if you're utah it's probably not the team you want to see in the first round i mean you you're going to be the favorite you probably win that series but you don't want to roll the dice on a steph curry explosion in the first round of the playoffs so that kind of leads into what I was going to ask you uh, about, Chris. Does does Golden State have enough around Steph Curry to make them a team you really don't want to play in the first round? Well, I mean, you don't want to play them in comparison to Memphis and San Antonio and whoever else might be hovering. New Orleans is probably out of it at this point with the, the Zion injury. But so I guess you'd say, like, assuming the Lakers stay in that 6-7 range, and Jazz Day at one, if I look at those three teams, I want to play the Warriors the least. I mean, Memphis is talented, especially with Jaron Jackson back. The Spurs are still the Spurs, and 
you know, Popovich is as good as they get when it comes to uh, scheming stuff in a seven-game series. But I, I just – Steph can win one by himself. I mean, he, he can go out of his mind shooting and change the dynamic of a series. So if I'm looking at potential matchups, uh, I'm rooting for somebody else to get that eighth spot ahead of Golden State. Chris, two hot teams in the East, the Sixers and the Bucks. What do you make of what's going on with those teams? Well, I mean, look, I've said this to you guys before, and you know, the conversations I've had with Bucks front office members have always come back to, look, our record isn't as dominant as it was last year and the year before, but we're a better team. And, you know, the last few weeks it's kind of borne itself out. You know, Drew Holiday has been as advertised. He's been a two-way player who's taken a lot of pressure off of Giannis and, uh, you know, allowed them, I think, to be a more complete team. And in the playoffs, he just – he is an upgrade over – uh, over Eric Bledsoe and Philadelphia, I mean it's you know they're getting just enough shooting and just enough quality playmaking around Ben Simmons and around Joel Embiid to to not make that an issue. And look, that's another they're another team that I do need to see them do it in the playoffs. I need to see all the guys they picked up and the the Seth Currys of the world, the Danny Greens of the world, those types of players, Matisse Thybul. I need to see those guys make shots. But they're an elite defensive team. They've got one of the best big men in the entire NBA and a defensive you know, uh, Swiss Army knife who can defend four positions in the playoffs. So uh, you know, they're formidable. Those, those top three teams in the East are, uh, you know, I don't know who comes out of that mix, but all, uh, Philadelphia is definitely on par with Milwaukee and, and, of course, Brooklyn. What are you hearing about the Nets? Are they going to be full strength at playoff time, or is that still up in the air? I think it's still very much up in the air. I mean, James Harden has said he's going to be back before the end of the regular season. Uh, we'll see if that's true. If it is true in what capacity, uh, I, you know, how many minutes is he going to play hamstring injuries? You guys know are tricky. Uh, you don't want to rush a guy back on that one, especially one that's already had a setback uh, in his recovery. You know, the nets are going to be kind of a, a test case in does chemistry matters. And frankly, does defense matter. I mean, the chemistry issue, you can see they've only played seven games together, Durant, uh, Harden and Kyrie Irving, uh, usually need like to win a championship, a full training camp, you know, 70, 80 games played together. That's a, the, the traditional recipe for success. Uh, those guys haven't had that. So how big an issue is that going to be in the playoffs? Uh, my bigger issue is that the defense is terrible. I mean, they are, what, like 27, 28th in the NBA in defensive efficiency. You don't win championships that way. Teams don't do it. I mean, more often than not, championship teams are at a bare minimum in the top half of the NBA in both categories, and most often top 10 or top 5 in both of them. So – you know, the Nets are, could be, you know, if they win a championship this year, they're mold breakers. You know, we will always point to Brooklyn as the team that proves you don't need great chemistry and proves that you don't need great defense to win a championship because right now uh, they look like they'll very much be the exception to the rule. Chris, I don't think I've ever asked you this question, but it's kind of obvious from one standpoint. Home court advantage, everybody wants it. Everyone, uh, you know, craves that kind of situation, especially in the playoffs. The Jazz are thirty-one and four at home this year, and if they finish with the best record in the league, how much of an advantage is it in this kind of strange year? So I think it's still a huge advantage because as time goes on, you know we could be looking at full buildings across the NBA. I'm skeptical that we'll get all the way there, though. I just came from AT&T Stadium in Dallas, where there were seventy-three thousand people in in that building, an indoor building. So. Who the hell knows what's going on, um, you know, when it comes to these these buildings. So, I, you know, Jazz obviously played, have historically played extremely well at home. And as you see these crowd sizes start to ramp up uh, in the postseason, 
for a, a team that doesn't have a ton of playoff experience, that's going to matter. Look, I go back, I look back in Milwaukee, and you know the biggest reason they lost in the second round was because of the Giannis injury. But that's a team that relied heavily on a home crowd, and and that needed the spring that they got from that type of environment. I think the Jazz might be the same type of team and might get a little extra boost from playing at home. So having home court advantage and keeping it in these series, I think is going to be important. Chris, as always, thank you very much. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Chris Mannix, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. You know, Jake, as uh, we were talking about Jalen Brown and uh, this strange season and the stress that it's put on some of the players, if you were a betting man, would you say that there will be an injury in the playoffs that will affect true contention in one team or another? Well, see, I hate to bring that up because we don't like to talk about it. It, The answer is yes, but that's not any sort of hot take because every year it happens. It seems like this year, and I don't know statistically, I haven't gone through and I'm no doctor, but it just seems like you know, with the injury to LeBron and the injury to AD and the injury to now to Donovan and and to others, Jalen Brown, others, it just seems like it's 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 stuck out more this year. Yeah, but think about two years ago uh, when the Raptors won. The only reason they won is because of catastrophic, impactful injuries. Yeah. And and really, the year that uh, that LeBron came back on the on the. Uh, Warriors is because Steph Curry and his, I think it was, was it hamstring or was it his knee? It was his sore knee where he was limping through the playoffs and, and uh, ran out of gas at the end. I mean, it just, uh, what about uh, the year where Zaza slid under Kawhi Leonard and ended his uh, playoff run? And that was a great Spurs team that year. Yeah. So unfortunately I, I think it happens every year, but yeah, I don't, I don't think this year will be any different. I mean, LeBron's high ankle sprain. It doesn't no help further. when Draymond Green gets thrown out of a game. So. That, no, that didn't help, but that wasn't injury-related. No, Although, no. didn't he try to kick somebody in the groin? Isn't that why he got got kicked out? Like, faded back shooting the ball or something or rebounding it? And, and Yes, which he had done several times that season. You remember uh, he did it against uh, uh, oh big guy for the Thunder at the time, Steven Adams. Did it you to know, him twice in the season. There are some things you just don't do, fellas. Did you see what Luka Doncic did over the weekend? No, I missed it. He got a flagrant two in ejection, so he's one technical away from suspension for punching Colin Sexton right in the old Sexton. Did he? Yeah. How did did Sexton recover from that? Uh, I haven't asked. Man, Jake, come on. I know you think it's funny. I do think it's funny. but, but, But it's not. It's also good gamesmanship, but if you get if you get busted, though, you have to you know consequences. What do you mean actions. good gamesmanship? How is that good in any way? You mean when uh, all those years John Stockton was setting picks and and if his elbow happened to, you know, uh, was that going in another region? Oh yeah, wasn't there like a cliche about? It Stockton? just happened to be that height, Jake. That you were gonna you were gonna be sore after a game against Wait, the Jazz because Stockton's of, height, his elbow was at the same level yeah, of most yeah. NBA players' junk. Pretty infamous for you know. Well, if I'm gonna slow you down a step, here's how I'm gonna do it. You know how you can't get back on defense when you can't breathe, right? <laughs> I didn't know that about Stockton. Tough to fight through a screen when you're <laughs> worried never, about your future generations. I never yeah. noticed that about Stockton. He went after the uh, the onions. Really. I can't believe I'm breaking news to you about this. Uh, I did not know. I didn't remember that. 
I mean, I thought maybe, you know, the uh, lower back area, you know, or maybe, you know, maybe a, the kidney. I don't know, something in there, but I didn't know he went after the beans. Yeah, that's fine. Good gamesmanship. That's like not I good said. gamesmanship. Yeah, it's like coming no, in. It's no, like no. sliding in with no, your cleats up. I'm not you know? going to let you get away with this one. What? That, that is off limits. Oh no, that, you're off crazy. limits. Unless you like uh, find yourself alone in a back alley and the Hulk is about to kill you. Yeah. Then you might do that for you yes. know to live. Yes. But only under those circumstances. I, I'm trying to figure out the best way to to. Uh, when you were playing pickup basketball, Gordon, and someone took a jump shot, you didn't have a little flick with the hand. No. You know, you know what I mean. You never, you never, <laughs> never did that because the point of doing that is now every single time that person shoots, you know what they're going to be thinking about? Not making it. They're going to be thinking about <laughs> you did not do oh, that. Oh, like every game I played. You are a bad man. Chris Paul's made a career of it. Yeah, what are you talking about? That's off limits. Well, then that that other player needs to show some mental toughness. <laughs> I can't believe you've never done that. That no, is that is key strategy. Not a single time. Not a single time in all my days of playing basketball, which was a, you know, a long time. You know, these never. Are, these I, are mind games, man. Those are just, no, that's dirty pool, man. The other one you do is uh, when you're going up for a rebound, you grab a big handful of the other guy's shorts. So when he goes up, his pants start going down. And then for the rest of the game, all that dude's thinking about is, is this guy going to pants me or what? And then they're they're not thinking about the rebound. They're thinking Austin, about – No. That Austin, one's real. That one's real. Oh, that was – it's it's the – the you always, first rebound, you're going up against someone, get a handful of shorts and just make them think about it. That's all. You never punched anyone, Austin, in the beans, did you? No, I'm a real man. I'm not talking about punching. I'm just. What's the difference? It's just a flick. No, I'm not talking about. No, I'm no. not talking about putting them out of the game. I'm just talking I mean, the about. The hand make, motion's no, not necessary. Giving them something yeah. to think about. You keep your hands off another man's stuff here. You just don't do that. I guess you don't want to win. <laughs> wow. Urban you know, would be okay. I, with th- it. I thought I knew everything about you, Jake Scott. I did not know this. Are you are you looking at an athletically gifted person? I mean, I'm not under the misconception that I'm, I'm just uh, you know one pickup game okay, at the sports on. mall away from playing for the what? Mavericks. <laughs> so I got to do everything I got to do. Wait, what? When you were playing tennis, uh, someone lobs a ball and it's short. Are you aiming for a certain target on the opponent's body? I was never that good. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen a few times, but yeah, I was never that good. You never, you never even gave it a try, huh? I'd, I'd like, to, I'd like to know from our listeners whether what you, you know, your your estimation, the the esteem you had for Jake Scott, has it just gone down a couple notches? Well, Boo hoo! I mean, <laughs> not gonna hurt my feelings. I mean, I'm probably gonna have a lot fewer volunteers to play pickup basketball with me, but I haven't done that in years anyway. And you know what? You know, to Jake's point, you know who I'm not going to ever try to fight? A guy who says and admits that he goes for the, uh, the twigs the and mid- berries. Well, okay, that that's a way to say it. I have a really funny off-air story for you about that. 
about Funny to twigs who? or berries. Uh, anyway, want to remind you about our friends at the Dyslexia Center. Get your foursome together. Oh, bad, bad, bad. And sign up today <laughs> for the Dyslexia Center of Utah Charity Golf Tournament. Join the fun May 13th at Cedar Hills Golf Course. 100% of the proceeds uh, goes to the Dyslexia Center Scholarship Fund. Space is limited. Find out more at dyslexiacenterofutah.org. This guy used to deal from the mound in high school. I mean, how do you think he got there? You think you know him, man? I I, I thought I knew. Oh, him. I, I threw at guys all the time. Is that mm, some things you don't do, Jake? You don't do it, Jakey. You could throw at guys in baseball. What are you saying? You don't at, do in that. Another region? All the better. I mean, <laughs> stay tuned. More next ninety-seven five and twelve eighty the zone.